The title of this is Planet Earth, Her People, Their History, and the Current Dilemma. Part 3 Before I Came Here What I share in this part is a combination of what I knew before I came here, some of what I learned at the time of my Kundalini awakening where my consciousness had no boundaries, and some of what I've learned since then. So I think it's really important to say when advanced races plan something, they go to great lengths to pay attention to every single detail involving the energies they are setting in motion. In my case, there was great attention to the timing of the conception. Even more attention went into making sure I would be born at the stroke of midnight, because that moment is between the two worlds, so to speak. Although it would probably be better to say that it was exactly the point at which the sun was going down, and the sun was coming up. This also created a certain kind of bunching up of planetary effects known as a kundalini chart in terms of astrology. And this would result in the full spontaneous awakening of kundalini needed to provide the insight that would expand and advance consciousness. My parents were carefully chosen for specific qualities, strengths, intelligence, and the lifestyle they would choose, which would keep me close to Mother Nature and form the first set of roots in the physical dimension. One of my parents was a Virgo, very practical and very quiet. The other was a Libra, very balanced, also quiet and yet very creative. They also had specific strains of DNA that were rare and hard to find. My mother's line of people migrated out of Central Europe and into Germany, bringing a very ancient DNA with them that had no primate DNA in it. My father's line of people were the people of Calais who migrated to Ireland bringing another ancient DNA bloodline of highly spiritual people whose DNA was mixed with several different races of extraterrestrial descent. Neither of my parents knew anything about DNA or their bloodline history, but this is of great concern to advanced races embarking on a project because they know the significance of DNA. They know that DNA responds directly to frequency. And to them, reading someone's DNA is like a magician, a musician uh, reading sheet music in order to play the piano. The advanced races read DNA and know quite accurately how a being will behave and how their consciousness will unfold. It's all based on the energies in play at the moment of conception. My childhood was normal for the 1950s, although several things stand out in retrospect. One is that I used to lie in bed at night and experience something I called getting heavy. 
I didn't know it at the time, but I was practicing expanding my consciousness into various levels, especially theta, or sometimes much higher, or leaving the body and feeling the thrill of a sudden return in which you feel like you are falling through space. Another was the habit of needing to go running through the fields in the woods after school, thinking I had only been outside for a few minutes but noticing that it was already getting dark and then worrying that I had missed supper. Yet another was an odd little moment during a piano lesson. My piano teacher was also my voice teacher, and we were sitting at the piano when she asked me to hum for a few minutes, a few seconds, and to hum using my natural sense of tune. When I did so, she looked at me and made the remark, ah, you are from the E group. This comment struck me so deeply that I was almost paralyzed for a moment. She didn't say, oh, that's the key of E. She didn't say, oh, that note corresponds to the E on the piano. She said, ah, you are from the E group. And then we went right on with the piano lesson. I never forgot that moment, even though I didn't really understand what that meant until many years later. When I was 31 years old, I experienced a sudden, unspontaneous awakening of Kundalini. And immediately after Kundalini, I knew the following. That I was, in fact, part of an e-group of frequencies even though I still didn't know exactly what that meant. That I was a member of the Pleiadian group who was here working to expand the consciousness of humanity. That my name was and that I was originally part of the L family of humans, although I did not really know what that meant either and would not know for many more years. I knew that I was here to teach the world about the mind and consciousness something I've said regularly. I knew that transformation of consciousness over the entire planet was the goal. And to achieve this goal, it would be necessary to be extremely healthy in mind and body. I knew that my longtime dream of being a traveling doctor and writer was somehow involved in this goal. I knew that I would come to understand frequencies in intimate detail and that the transformation of consciousness was dependent on the ability to move one's attention into higher frequency ranges. I knew that different kinds of perception were available at different frequencies, that we were meant to unfold through stages of development that led to the capacity to become immortal that the entire mass of humanity was suffering from arrested development. I knew that thought was the mechanism that maintained the physical body. And that feeling was the mechanism that allowed for continuous return to balance and health. I knew that focus and continuous adjustment led to power and the unfolding of the advanced skills built into every human. I also began to understand the reasons for a few other things in my life. 
my first name, Penny, which I had always considered to be somewhat corny, was chosen as follows. My first initial, P, was the symbol of someone who can see the future. And that is an interstellar symbol. The next two letters, E-N, indicated information about my DNA group. Together, those first three letters, P-E-N, represented a reminder that I would write. The last letter, Y, symbolized a funnel based in higher realms and channeling higher frequencies into the lower dimensions. And lastly, the sound of the Y, which sounds like the E, was a reminder that much of my work would be done electronically in the same way that the word email indicates electronic mail. My second name, whose initial is L, symbolized that I had first incarnated into the L family of DNA that was originally formed mainly from extraterrestrial DNA with a small amount of primate DNA mixed into it. And my last name, Kelly, had the initial K, which symbolized the energy of life, the transformation of consciousness, and a flow of support from higher dimensions to those seeking help with the transformation of consciousness. The next two letters, E-L, reinforce the combination of frequencies found in the E-N group with the L family of DNA. And the name overall, Kelly, is an Irish derivative that began as the people of Cali, then later was shortened to of Cali, and then to O'Cali, and then to O'Kelly, and finally just Kelly. Kelly is the goddess of time who is in charge of creation and destruction because she knows how to create and shift frequencies. And the concept of time arises from how long a set of frequencies last before they change or die out, thus creating something new, which is when we say, ah, times have changed. And really, it's the frequencies that have changed. I would be born into a family in which my grandmother would be named Ida, as a reminder that powerful kundalini energies would come into my life. I would marry a man named Kether as a reminder that my work was to help people understand the ancient spiritual teachings associated with the tree of life and to reach for those frequencies in everything they did. After kundalini began, I started exploring the universe out of sheer curiosity. In doing so, I went through the black hole at the center of the galaxy and discovered, huh, it just took you to another place in the universe. I went into the center of the earth and discovered it too was just another black hole, but it had a really thick, crusty event horizon that people, including us and others, OPs, ETs, were living on and in that crust. I traveled to other planets, visited other dimensions, met other beings from elves to giants to super beings to a variety of humanoids. I visited family and friends who I thought had died and discovered 
they were alive and well and still had bodies. But those bodies were much less dense on the other side. I visited a place I called the New Earth and was invited to stay and help create. I discovered a crystal city that had an extremely high frequency range and was inhabited by very spiritual beings. I just didn't know the name of it. I communicated with people that most of us think of as either other dimensional or extraterrestrial. And I knew that we had been seeded by them and were being helped to evolve by them because they were fascinated by our resilience and adaptability, even though we were only physical and had a fairly low consciousness. Their interest in us became intense once they recognized that we were surviving and learning without much help from them. What they were fascinated by was our amazing resilience, our energy, and the extraordinary adaptability we demonstrated. The idea took shape in their minds that not only might we supply them with some of that spunky DNA, but that we showed the potential to evolve into extraordinary beings who were mainly physical but could work in and with the light. Some beings evolved to become only light, leaving their physicality behind. However, they are then too frail to spend time in a physical system, making it difficult to help those systems evolve. In some of my other videos, I have mentioned that some races of humanoids evolve only their technology to an extraordinary degree, and then use that technology to beef up their physical bodies and achieve great longevity. Many of these become aggressive and live by force, making them completely unsuitable for assisting young civilizations. The hope held by those watching us on planet Earth is that we will maintain our physical resilience and begin to develop our consciousness so that we will enjoy the best of both worlds. The hope is that we will join the family of star nations and be willing to eventually nurture and teach other groups of people elsewhere in the cosmos who are coming up through the system of refinements that lead to the God state and the full flowering of humanoid consciousness. Lastly, I remembered a number of my lives before coming into the Earth system and re-experienced a life in the area of Mongolia that was highly developed, but not completely in the physical dimension. In Consciousness and Energy, Volume 3, I described what I remembered of my experience there, but I didn't say anything about the fact that the reality there seemed to be in a higher range of frequencies or that our bodies were slightly less dense. I didn't mention that we had access to extraordinary technologies, as well as full access to the frequencies and materials of the physical world. I did mention that there were people who came to learn in the schools of consciousness we ran, but I didn't mention that they were people who lived entirely in the material plane. They had access to our cities and schools, we had access to theirs, 
and there was a great deal of sharing and commerce between the two dimensions. This ended when we withdrew because of earth changes that had begun and consciousness fell. People were completely focused on survival, housing, food, and other necessities. Eventually, they forgot how to raise their frequencies and ended up completely caught in the lower dimensions of the physical realm. I bring up all of the above because it was my personal experience, and I thought it was all just too strange to talk about it much. However, all of it was backed up in the set of books known as the Transylvania series. So now I'm feeling a little bolder. I brought up some of the information in the Transylvania books and even Sitchin's work, which I never really appreciated until now, because I think they contain information that everyone should know about. The information they share has implications that we would do well to understand because I think it will help us to break the stranglehold that religion, government, media, medicine, and corporations have on us. So let's move on to the next part, part four. <laughs>